Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast where we're talking about probably one of the most important things ever, which is letting go of shame in order to lose weight. Now, a lot of people in the, in the wrong way are using the shame to try and motivate themselves to lose weight. And this is a big problem a lot of dieters have where you think you're going to feel so much pain and a lot of it comes in the form of shame and that's gonna drive you to do the right things that make you lose weight. But more often than not, what happens is the more shame you feel, the less weight you're gonna lose for a number of reasons we're gonna go into. So why does it make more sense to let go of the shame before you start losing weight? Because that shame causes you to turn towards the food most of the time. <laughs> the shame is this downward spiral. It's not just an emotion anyways, it's an emotion that hijacks how you think, how you feel, and ultimately how you behave. And so what a lot of people do, right, if we kind of look at the typical motivation sequence that precedes a diet, it's usually someone sees a picture of themselves, steps on the scale, looks at their reflection in the mirror, the clothes that they swore would always fit don't fit, and something really painful happens and they feel all this shame about it. And they take that shame and they say, that is it, I'm going to change this. And in the beginning, that shame and that pain feels like good motivation, right? Because you're fired up. You said, that's it, I'm gonna do this. But what ends up happening is, as you get into two, three, four days, a couple weeks in, if you still allow yourself to feel that shame, what happens is your mind and body don't like to feel it. And it becomes this downward spiral of not just a feeling of shame, but it starts to infect how you're thinking. And everything becomes very negative. You become very discouraged. You become very, um, you don't believe it's gonna work anyways. And it becomes a pit. Have you not experienced this, right? We've all experienced it. And it's not an effective emotion to create positive changes that you wanna experience in your life. So an alternative to that is to, right off the bat, when you have these typical situations where you may experience shame about your weight, when you feel that way, you wanna actively work on letting that go. Now, how do you let it go? There's a combination. The first thing you wanna do is physically, let the shame go physically. So before you even do anything mentally, you let that shame go by straightening up your posture relaxing your muscles and taking deeper breaths. This helps to shift your physiology because a lot of times when you're feeling an abundance of shame, it's this tense, saggy, down feeling and you're not breathing and you're kind of tense and, and all that. So the first thing we do is go into our body, put it into a neutral state, upright, relaxed, breathing more deeply. That helps physiologically. The next piece is the mindset and this is something that takes a bit longer. There's no question about it. But the first thing we want to do is to create a neutral place. So if you can do it, if you practice any meditation, you let go of the thoughts. You just kind of quiet your mind down, connect to your body. And this helps reduce the shame because you just let it go a bit and you turn your attention into your body, relax, calm down, okay? As you get better at it, you can bring yourself into other emotions, but we'll just leave this simple neutral state right now. And once you get to that place, then you can go to work outside of the shame feeling on letting shame go. I'm gonna tell you right now that there's no cause for shame when it comes to your weight because you've been under the mistaken belief that the reason you haven't lost weight is because there's something wrong with you. And I'm here to tell you that's most likely not the case. The reason you've probably struggled to lose weight is because you have not had a strategy to deal with your mindset. You have not figured out how to stay motivated, how to stay focused, how to consistently think about weight loss in a way that gets you the results you want. And what you've had is that diets and trying to force yourself to do them. 95% of people fail to lose weight on a diet. So I hope for you, it's hard to feel shame about something that everyone's failing with, 
right? Just, just as an entry point. And again, I'm letting go of that shame because in order to feel shame, you have to feel like you're responsible. And this really is not your fault. I'm telling you, just because you know what to do doesn't mean you know how to get yourself to do it. You have never learned how to do this, right? So this is why you should go to program yourself, then get that hypnosis session, watch the trainings I'm giving you so you can start to learn how to deal with the, the granular mindset aspects of what are controlling your weight. But the shame is something that you have got to look full force at and deal with. Because if you're trying to subconsciously use shame to power you through this process, you're probably going to find it's going to be a very, very ineffective strategy. And you're not going to know why. Because again, we subconsciously just use this shame as if it's supposed to work for us. And it rarely does. Okay? So it's about letting go of this shame first and then moving in the direction you want to go in. And again, I understand this is just a high-level overview of it. Um, I could talk about this for days, but um, this, is the, this is what you want to think about, is letting go of that shame, freeing up that energy that was getting sucked into it, and then starting your journey. And, and I wish you the best on this one, because it's a completely different path you walk right from the beginning when you approach it this way. So I hope this helps. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them, and I will do my best to answer them. So scan up and see if anyone asked any questions ahead of time. It's getting distracted. My dog's out there going crazy. And it's distracting. But she's calmed down now. Oh, well, thank you, Tanya, for the rose. I appreciate that. John says, are there any good methods to deploy when there is an urge to stress eat? Yeah, great question. Yeah, when the stress eating comes, right? Think about it, right? Right in the word. But I'm going to back up a little bit. We'll get into the specific stress eating. But let's just take a step back and look at all emotional eating. Um, a lot of times in this culture, we've been conditioned to use food as the primary way that we deal with our emotions, right? That's like the main strategy we use to deal with our emotions is eating. And we've been trained with this constantly in this culture. So the first thing we want to understand is we don't want to just stop emotional eating. You don't just want to stop stress eating. Do you understand? Because that eating is serving a purpose. In that moment, you're using the stress eating to reduce your stress or at least distract yourself from it so it doesn't feel as intense. And maybe there's a little bit of relaxation there. Certainly when you eat, there's a bit of pleasure, you kind of calm down. So the emotional eating is not the problem um, because it always has a positive intention behind it, right? You might be using it because you feel lonely or sad and you're using the eating to take your mind off of that. So we don't want to just stop the eating. We want to figure out what is, what am I eating for, right? What's the emotion I'm looking for? And so once you identify, okay, I'm a stress eater. When I get stressed, I tend to eat in order to deal with that emotion. Great. Now we're further down that path, right? So we start with emotional eating. Now we figure out, okay, it's stress. Stress and relaxation are the two forces at play here. And so once we understand that, now we can move past the food. And so it's not about just stopping yourself from stress eating. It's about asking the question, what are some other ways that I can relax? What are some other ways I can de-stress that don't involve food? that's where your solution begins, right? So we're not going to stop stress eating. We're going to have a better solution available to us. For example, and I don't know if you like massages or not, but imagine like you could just get an amazing free massage anytime you wanted to. In that situation, you may be more likely to go get a massage instead of stress eating because you know the massage is going to truly relax you more. Now, that's just an example of what I'm talking about because that's a real relaxing experience. But a lot of times what we're using the food for emotionally, stress eating wise, is in that moment when we're eating, it seems to reduce our stress when in reality it's just distracting us from it, right? Because if we zoom out a bit and look at the stress eating, um, in the big picture, does that is that stress eating actually reducing your stress or is it adding to more stress in your life? 
for most people, it's adding to more stress in their life ultimately. Again, not in that moment, not in that 15 minutes when you're actually eating, but outside of that, it's causing more stress, right? Because it's causing more weight, it's causing more frustration with your behaviors, how you're thinking of yourself, all the rest of it, okay? And so, um, so what are the methods? I mean, I could sit here and tell you relaxation methods, but it's up for you to figure out what's gonna work for you, right? What, what resonates with you, what works in your situation, um, what things do you like or not like? Okay, so again, I'll tell you some things that have worked for me. Um, and some things are I can use in the moment and some things are happening outside of the stress eating to keep the stress down in general. So things outside, and I think this is a big way to think about it, almost like preventative. Things I do to keep my stress levels low, I do yoga regularly, go for walks, meditate, drink a lot of water, get enough sleep, nourish my body, um, literally relax, you know, give myself hand and feet massages. All of these things help me to keep my stress levels lower. Now, if I get into a situation where all of a sudden I am stressed and I wanna eat, again, I've got other things I can do. I might go watch a movie. I broke my foot a couple weeks ago and um, I was getting stressed. I don't wanna turn to food, so I watch a movie, you see? So again, it's up to you to figure out what works for you, um, but it all starts with the question, what are some ways that I can relax genuinely that don't involve food? And after you come up with a couple solutions that really resonate with you, you're going to be much further down having an answer to that to that question. So I hope that helps. Um, yeah, so how's that? Let's say, is it bad to put a time frame on weight loss? Uh, you know, yeah, I think so. Because Tony Robbins used to always ask the best question. He would say, how long would you give your kid to walk? Right? How long would you let your kid practice walking before you just said, that's it, you're done, you're cut off, no more, you're not going to walk? Right? That's a silly question because there is no time limit, right? When it comes to your kid walking, it's just for as long as you need, right? And so I would suggest that when it comes to your weight loss, you really seek to adopt that same kind of mindset that you stop with the time frames. You know? Now, on the same hand, you wanna be strategic and make sure that you um, are using, you, you don't wanna have time frames in the sense that, is this working or not? Have I cut enough calories? Have I changed these other things enough? So I think, it's important to see where you're, what you're doing and what the results are within that time frame. But I would remove the time frame. I was thinking about doing a, th a topic on this today. But what would weight loss be like if you had just 100% faith it was going to work? You didn't know how quickly it would work, but you had 100% faith it was going to work, and that's how you approached it. You know, and um, I think that's a much better way to go about it because most people do the flip side, where they give themselves a couple days or a couple weeks right? It, to, to, to do it, to start getting results. And I think that's one of the core reasons people struggle with weight loss more than anything else is that they have these, these subconscious timeframes that the diet industry has put there. Because most people think about their weight loss uh, in terms of days, weeks, and uh, maybe months, maybe, but rarely. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would work to, to reduce the, the timeframes you're thinking and to, to not think about too much. John says, thank you for the great answer. You're welcome, John. No. Yeah. Why are the smoke? Why are most smokers skinny? Um, I don't know if that's true. You know, first of all, um, I'm not sure if that's necessarily true. But I mean, I guess yeah, right? They they just got a different thing, right? And so instead of you know emotionally, they're not just relying on food. They got cigarettes to rely on too. So I suppose you know in general that would be a, a way to put less food in your mouth because some of emotional eating, just eating out of habit. Sometimes we've been conditioned to do this. I mean, snacking. Snacking wasn't a thing that existed. You know what I mean? It was something that was conditioned, we, it was conditioned into us. And so there's a lot of this, especially in the modern world. We're just conditioned to kind of behave in certain ways. And so, um, again, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree that most smokers are skinny. 
Um, but it, it would make sense, right? It gives them something, a way to deal with emotional stuff, which is always interesting in itself, you know, because a lot of smoking, it's not just the tobacco going in your lungs and into your bloodstream. It's also, there's a lot of stuff involved with it. There's a lot of stuff involved with your eating. It's not just the food going in your mouth. It's looking forward to it. It's the ritual of it. You know, for, for smokers, you know, a lot of times they're getting out of the stressful environment, going somewhere where it's more neutral. They're going outside. They're taking slow, deep breaths. They're relaxing. They're anticipating relaxation and calm. You know, so all this stuff factors in, um, which would probably help you with your weight loss. Um, how do you handle messing up one day? Now, that's a question I love more than anything in the world because... Um, most weight loss really revolves around this idea of all or nothing, you know, this all or nothing thinking. And um, with Program Yourself, then we're really building around all or something thinking. And really, again, even Program Yourself, then we're not starting day one being perfect. I think that's a big mistake diets make. I know everyone's impatient and uh, wants instant results. But I think, you know, the, the more intense you make day one, the harder it is to get yourself to start it and the harder it is to keep it up. <clears throat> I always say to people, I mean, if you're on here and you've been thinking, if you think about weight loss 24 hours a day and you never actually start a plan and lose weight, you know, people, people ask me, I don't understand why I can't get started. Well, it's not rocket science. It's because your idea of starting is overwhelming to you. And so you're avoiding it. So program yourself, then we start slow with a process in place that we're going to use every day to get ourselves back on track and to learn from mistakes we've made. So each and every day, it's really about more about getting 1% better each and every day. But over a year, that's exponentially better. And I know people say, oh yeah, well, I just jump right in and start losing weight. Yeah, okay, great, if that worked. That rarely works for people, you know? And it's like, that's the one idea. It don't matter if you're doing keto, Atkins, um, intermittent fasting, Mediterranean, whatever diet you pick, let's be honest, they, the one thing they'll got in common is you're jumping on day one being perfect with it. And it's overwhelming. Your eating is an automated behavior. Most of your reading is done on autopilot and all of a sudden you're going to, you're going to intentionally, it's almost like, it's like if you decided today, you're going to write with the other hand. Well, you know how to write, but to write with the other hand takes a lot of conscious thought. It's tiring. It's difficult compared to just writing with the other hand. Could you do it? Yeah, kind of, but it's going to be hard. It doesn't look as good. It's frustrating. It's annoying. It takes more energy. And so it's the same thing with weight loss. No one ever looks at I know people know there's behavior change with weight loss, obviously, but it's um that's the whole game is behavior change. You know, most dieters are just seeking the next diet, the next philosophy, the next macronutrient philosophy to cut their calories down. And no one's focusing enough on the behavioral piece of it, which really comes down to a mindset issue. And this is why you keep cycling through the exact same process for probably decades you know, where you're not happy with your weight, you all of a sudden start a plan, you stick with it for a little while, and then you go back to what you started with, living and eating the same way, ultimately. This is why 95% of diets fail. And it's because you never, you never focus on the mindset piece of it. You just keep cycling through diets and it's the same exact process, you know? So learning how to handle messing up one day is really the core of programming yourself then. Because nothing, nothing sabotages or kicks a person off plan faster than having a day where they mess up. Right? And so you have to know, I always say this, the number one skill of weight mastery is the ability to get back on track quickly. You know? So how do you get them back on track quickly? Well, in Program Yourself, then we have a technique that you do, you do it every night. It takes a minute or two. It's a self-hypnosis technique. And it's really two techniques. It's the redo technique and the rehearsal technique. The redo technique is exactly that, where you look back over the day and maybe you, 
you messed up during the day, right? Maybe you overate at lunch, you snacked all day, whatever. And the redo technique is the ability to go back in time, learn from your mistake and grow and evolve from it, right? Something no one does when it comes to weight loss because everyone's all or nothing. And you're really, you're winging it. You're approaching weight loss like it's an endurance test. Like you start day one and you gotta, because think about this. Subconsciously in your mind, what you're thinking is you're thinking Monday's gonna come. Well, today's Monday, interesting too. So if you're, if you're doing that, and if not this, maybe not this Monday, it's not gonna be next Monday because next Monday's a holiday. And so it might be the Monday after that perhaps. But some Monday's gonna come up and you're gonna start your plan. And you're gonna start that plan perfect, right? Because what's the point of doing it if it's not gonna be perfect? So you're going to be perfect and you're thinking you're going to be perfect until you reach to your goal weight. Now, if you look back and question how many times that's worked for you, you're probably going to find that it never works for you, but that doesn't stop you from anticipating and thinking it's going to work for you somewhere in the future. But that's a cognitive bias that you have to recognize for what it is and realize it's never going to change. You're always going to think that you're magically going to have some magic Monday where you're going to turn into a different person and start your plan and just kill it. You, you, you can't trust that part of your brain that believes it. it's just not true you know this (laughs) how often has it happened why would it happen somewhere in the future if it hasn't happened last 40 years so the alternative is that you start off slower right you make you make a small change feels manageable okay and you just keep growing that way no one approaches their weight loss that way that's why they have this saying right that people overestimate they overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year you're never thinking about your weight loss in a year you're thinking about how much weight can i lose this week this month. And that forces you to think of extreme plans. And not only are they extreme plans, but you're thinking of your weight loss like it's a sprint. Speaking of the messing up one day, you're thinking of your weight loss like a sprint. And if you think about a sprint, there's the only thing that can win a sprint is perfection, right? If you trip a little bit running a sprint, you're losing. Now, if you run a marathon, you trip a little bit, you can make up for it because it's longer. There's more space there. But you're thinking about your weight loss like it's a sprint. And perfection is the only thing that can succeed with. And so any little mistake field is blown up as well anyways. So there's a lot of levels to that question of how do you handle messing up one day? And I know you probably just want to hear like one specific tactic, but what's more important than the tactic I could share with you is the paradigm that you're thinking in already. You have a dieter's mindset. A dieter's mindset is a short-term mindset. I'll do whatever I have to until I lose the weight. Because all you're doing is thinking about losing the weight. Of course, the, the real thing you want is to live at your goal weight, not just to lose weight. You know, but that's another story. So, so again, it's not just that there's some tactic, which again, the redo technique is, is a tactic, but it exists within a, a concept, a mindset, which is a long-term mindset. Because how long do you want to keep the weight off for? Forever, right? And so you're not thinking that way, though. You know, you're just thinking, I just want to lose the weight. Once I lose the weight, then I'll just figure it out. Well, you won't. 95% of people don't figure it out. You've probably lost weight and then put it back on. You didn't figure it out. No one seems to figure it out. <laughs> but that's because no one's focusing on keeping the weight off. They're focusing on just losing it. I don't give a shit what I got to do. Just want to lose it. What are you going to do once you lose it? I'll figure it out then, Jim. Don't, don't mess up my buzz. I, mean, <laughs> I just want to lose the weight. You know. But again, shift your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. Because that's a more specific goal that you really want anyways. When we put them side by side, it's obvious. But you just, you're just you conflating the two. And it's making all kinds of problems, I promise you. Because if you only think about short-term, how can I lose the weight? That's when you pick dumb shit that you don't like, you can't stand, it's really hard, it's miserable. And this is why you're avoiding the things that make you lose weight. Because you associate pain, misery, deprivation, frustration to losing weight, primarily. You've got a subconscious scale going on, pain and pleasure. 
and your scale is weighted to pain. You, you primarily think of weight loss as a painful thing subconsciously. And that is why you're not losing weight. But that's a, that's a big reason why, or at least you're not doing the things that could make you lose weight. So, yeah. But, yeah, if you have any questions, then let's see. You know, TikTok used to just show me the questions, and now they show me, like, everything in the world, like, if anyone joins or leaves or whatever, and it's there's a million more things to scroll through. So it takes me a second. I apologize. What's up, Don? Uh, let's see here. I got to fix that back because that is annoying. Yeah, if anyone's got any questions, though, feel free to ask them back on a Monday. Yeah, it's a funny week, right? It's a funny week. Um, I mean, maybe you're not like that. Maybe you're a person who can start losing weight any day of the week. But for a lot of people, it's that Monday thing, you know? And um, if that's for you, if that if you're one of those people, it's it's an interesting thing to kind of reflect on, you know? Because, you know, here's the thing, right? If, you, if you've been struggling losing weight, if you've been struggling with your weight for a long time, I think one of the most valuable things to do that no one ever talks about is to take a step out of your normal mindset. See, most people would just live their whole lives in a diet or mindset. And you just think about weight loss the same way for 30, 40, your whole life, you know? And sometimes the most valuable stuff you can get is kind of popping out. Again, go meta, right? You kind of float above yourself and look down from a different angle. So how am I thinking about weight loss? Just some of the core beliefs and, and thoughts and ideas you have about weight loss. You know, and um, yeah, that's it, a big deal. Oh, Polar Family. Hey, hi, Jim. I signed up your program about 20 days ago and I'm loving the daily evening hypnosis. Yeah, that's awesome. Is that you, Deb? I feel like I noticed your dog. <laughs> if that's you. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the daily and evening hypnosis, right? It's the stuff. It's, uh, it's so good. Folks, I mean, again, right? This is what I'm talking about. You got you to start questioning some of the things that you never notice. Okay, let me give you an example of what I mean. If you close one eye and look at your nose, you see it. Close the other eye and look at your nose, you see it. Both, open both eyes, your brain just deletes your nose. There's no value in seeing your nose all day. So your brain just kind of deletes it. This is what your brain naturally does. It deletes things. We can't pay attention to every little thing in our awareness. We go nuts. So our brain just deletes stuff that it considers to not be important. When it comes to your weight loss, the most important stuff is the stuff you're deleting, the stuff you're not really thinking about. Like, for example, the real goal. The goal isn't just to lose weight. If you think if you think your only goal is, I just want to lose the weight, and I know that's the mantra you say to yourself day and night for years now. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. You don't just want to lose the weight, right? Because if you think you just want to lose the weight, then you start thinking of the weight loss, getting to your goal weight as the finish line. And that's not true, right? Do you want to get to the finish line, get to your goal weight, and then just start putting it back on just so you can live for the rest of your life saying you got to your goal weight one day? That's not what you want, right? Now, you may think, oh, it's just semantics. Semantics mean everything to your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is extremely literal. So again, there's a huge difference in the two paths we'd be walking. If one is the path of the goal is, I just want to lose weight, and the other path where the goal is, I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on near autopilot. You see what I mean? Like they're two completely different paths. And that shift in goal makes all the difference in the world. Those two paths make all the difference in the world. And they unleash more of your abilities. You know, you're thinking like a dieter and a dieter does not lose weight. You know, you've got your overweight thinking mind and you've got your dieter mind and you flip-flop between those two. And some people flip-flop between them for their whole lives. And that's it. What you need and what you really want and are looking for is to have a thin and healthy mindset. So you have your overweight mind, you have your dieting mindset, but you need to develop a thin and healthy mindset. That's how you live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot, right? We, we need to be post-diet. We're in a post-diet age, I hope. 
You need to do that because the diets are fucking bullshit, man. You know that, right? You know all the big diets you know of and are listening to and are really driving their whole process for you were all owned by big food companies. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. The company owns Atkins Food Products, the same company owns Onions, Pretzels, and uh, Cinnabon. The company owns Slim Fast, the same company owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. These companies don't want you to eat less of their bullshit. They just get you coming and going. And they condition you to not even have a clue about how to lose weight for real. Think about that. That's the craziest part of the whole thing. How long have you been thinking about losing weight loss? How many diets have you tried in your life? How long? Decades, right? And if you're really honest, you know as little about how to lose weight now as you did before you started your first diet. You're, fuck, you're flummoxed. You're still flummoxed. You've been doing this for 30 years and you, you really don't know. You want to lose 40, 50 pounds? You don't want to lose five pounds. I don't say this to be an asshole. I'm just saying it to, to put the real issue on the table because we never look at this. We're just so upset. Oh, just give me another diet philosophy. Give me another tactic. What should I stop eating this month? Is it, are we back to fat yet? Should I cut the fat out yet? Nope, no, we're still on carbs. Oh, no, we're not eating for 16 hours. Well, you know what I mean? Like we got to stop with the one tactic, which is what all the diets are. The diets you have to think of, it's just marketing. You know, they're all just sneaky strategies to reduce your calorie intake. You know, but it's usually one tactic because they know you're overwhelmed. They know you're exhausted. They know you're frustrated about this. So they have to make the diet seem as simple as possible. The most challenging approaches can seem simple. The idea of cutting all the carbs out. Come on. That's just, all, all you got to do to lose weight is just cut, cut the carbs out. That's it. Just cut the carbs out. You say, oh, shit, I can do that. I can cut carbs out. So you go and do it and you're like, oh, all I eat is carbs. I have to completely transform my eating from the time I was born to now. I have to completely learn how to eat differently. This is more overwhelming than I thought. What's, why is this harder? You know? And so you have to understand the diets are always minimizing what's at stake. They're always over-exaggerating how fast your results are going to be. And they're setting you up for failure. So you've got to, you've got to create a different mindset. You know, you've got you've to be post-dieter. You've got you've to get rid of that diet mindset. And of course, you can't get rid of it. You need to learn a new mindset. And the new mindset, what I'd suggest for you is thin and healthy. We've got people asking stuff for now. How, should, I, should I have a time limit on my weight loss? No. Is it important to you or is it not? Do you associate your weight with your longevity and your health and your quality of life every day that you're going to live? If you don't, then I don't know what you're thinking. You know what I mean? Like you got to go back to the drawing board here. This gets to the motivation piece, which don't get me started. I'm just going to get mad if I say it. But but honestly, you probably don't even want to lose weight. You wish you'd lose weight. You know, you wish it, you wish. 10 out of 10, you wish you'd lose weight. You wish you'd wake up tomorrow and just start eating better and losing weight. I know that. But just because you think about losing weight all the time doesn't mean you're motivated. You know, and that's, that's what I'm saying. How much do you want to lose weight? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you want to do it? How much do you want to actually dedicate time and energy to actually making it happen? You know, probably not that much because you don't even know how to motivate yourself. Your motivation is just very emotional, right? Your, your motivation you feel for weight loss is always pain-based. You step on the scale, you see the picture of yourself, you see your reflection, the clothes don't fit, and you get really upset. That's it. You're all emotional. Give me the give me the craziest plan you got. I, I'm, that's it. I'm going to do it this time. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because that motivation is not going to last. And that plan sucks. The plan where you jump in, oh, and I'm going to start eating 1,200 calories a day. No more carbs after tomorrow. I'm only going to eat for eight hours starting tomorrow. No, no, you're not. You're fucking not. And if, if, you have, if you tried it 20 times and it hasn't worked, this is just a glitch of the human mind. You know, that's why in NLP we have a saying... Uh, if it's not working, do something else. We have to make that a presupposition because we all fall into that trap where we just keep trying the same fucking thing over and over, expect it's going to work. How many times have you tried Weight Watchers? How many times have you tried to start restarting keto? You know what I mean? Like at some point, you got to take the experiences you've had and start learning and growing from them. 
And that requires a completely different mindset, though. A dieter's mindset is that the plan works. I'm, there's something wrong with me. And it's my willpower. I don't have enough willpower. I wasn't able to force myself to do this thing I fucking hate. There's something wrong with me. That's the dieter's mindset. I'm here to tell you that's not, that's not, that's not it. That's not the problem. The problem is you, you don't have no idea how to, you have no good strategy and you have no real strategy to deal with your mindset are the two big ones, right? So I was talking about the, 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 the weight mastery pyramid. The bottom level is, the, is your mindset. The next level is lifestyle and the top level is eating. And I make a pyramid to just indicate the importance of each level. The most important level is your mindset. Your mindset's more important to your weight than your genetics, your environment, your metabolism, your hormones, all of it. Your mindset's the most important thing. And then lifestyle. And then eating. Right? And so now you say, well, I only focus on eating. Yeah, that's probably why you're not getting the results you want. Probably. But at least you know there's more to the picture. Because if you're just told the whole time, if you just look at the top part of the pyramid and just look at eating, and oh, it's just eating, that's the only thing that matters. Well, technically on a physical level, yeah. If I could put you into a jail cell and control what you're eating, then you don't have to change your lifestyle or your mindset. I'll, I'll help you lose weight, okay? But if you live in the free world, <laughs> as a free person who has choices, uh, yeah, if you just try and change your eating, your results are probably gonna be lackluster. Probably, right? You don't think your mindset matters? You don't think your lifestyle matters, you know, when it comes to the, your weight and the food choices you make? You know, of course. And so you gotta start thinking bigger. You've gotta expand your thinking beyond a dieter's thought process, all right? Very important. And then things change. Valerie says, do you believe that caloric absorption might differ from a person to another? I absolutely do. Absolutely do. 33 million K, I am in the program. You're in the program? Th Karen here, all right. I didn't even know that. Oh, Paul says, no, my name is Cheryl, and I hope to join one of your live coaching calls soon. Yeah, Cheryl, get on the coaching call. That's, that's the most valuable part of the whole program, for sure. I always say it to people, that doesn't sound conceited, but I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. That, that's definitely the most value I can offer is when I get to coach you one-on-one. -on -one. So make sure you get on those coaching calls, okay? Um, but I believe the calorie absorption is different with people. And I'm basing this on the microbiome studies they've done. Now, this is newer stuff. I don't talk about it a lot because it's kind of like new science and I don't like to overstate things. But the microbiome stuff to me is some of the most interesting things that really my experience in life really is explained by the microbiome. So long story short is most of the cells in your body are non-human. Right, you're mostly bacteria, you know, and all that. This very microscopic organisms, you know, and most of them are in your gut. So technically, what's going on is that it's not you digesting the food so much as this microbiome, right? This conglomeration of bacteria and and uh, you know organisms. And so there's they they've always they've known these are there for a while, but since genetic testing comes out, they started to test these, and they find out there's different qualities, different makeups of microbiomes that people have. So if you're a meat eater, you might have a different microbiome than someone who's a vegetarian. If you eat a lot of sugar and processed food, you have a different type of microbiome than someone who eats natural foods, okay? And so a lot of these studies so far have been done on mice and rats, and they're starting to make their way to, to humans. But one of the most exciting things, now again, this is mice, so take this with a grain of salt, and rats. But what they've done is they have transferred microbiomes from, because again, when they do um, weight testing on mice and rats, they have genetically um, obese mice and rats, and then they have skinny mice and rats. And so one of the things they found out from the microbiome is that this microbiome, if you have a skinny microbiome, you might eat a thousand calories of food and only absorb 700 calories of it. If you've got an obese microbiome, you eat a thousand calories, you're absorbing 999 of them. Okay. And so they've done microbiome 
uh, shifting in these mice. So they'll put a thin microbiome, thin mouse microbiome into an obese mouse microbiome. And the mouse eating the same amount of food, the overweight mouse will start to lose weight. And again, the theory is that because it's not absorbing as many calories. Now, over time, this probably changes. And, you know, if you keep eating a lot and especially eating sugar and certain types of food, your microbiome probably transforms into that type of microbiome. Um, But yeah, I totally believe that. I I definitely believe in caloric absorption. It seems like a relatively new science. So I don't like to talk about new things and put a lot of stock in it. But um, this, in addition, goes in line with a lot of stuff. So the healthier you eat, the less... The more natural the foods you're eating, the less processed they are, the more whole they are, you create a different kind of microbiome, you know? And I think that microbiome supports you in mastering your weight too. And again, as that science becomes more solid, I I will talk about that, but that is something that in my mind, I think about that all the time. And I wanna support a a microbiome. That's just one more level of my thinking that helps me to eat, eat healthier. You know, as I think about that, this is, I, I think about what I'm feeding my microbiome. They call it the second genome. It has a huge impact on the food you crave. And then it also has a huge impact seemingly on the amount of food you absorb. So yes, I do believe that Valerie. Thanks for asking that. Cause I, I haven't heard that in a while. And I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm eating for life. That's awesome. Okay. 33 million K. Yeah. Join Saturday. It's awesome. That's so awesome. That's exciting. That's great. Good job. I think you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Um, Lula Girl says it makes complete sense. Yeah, the microbiome stuff's fascinating. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, they're, they're starting to do this with people. Like, like now again, how do you change a microbiome, right? Fecal transplants, okay. But um, yeah, it's kind of a new science, but it's, it's fascinating stuff. It's one of those cool, like it's almost like science fiction. <laughs> it's like, it's that kind of like outside the normal way of thinking. However, but um, I think that they're going to, uh, I think they're going to start having um, what was I going to say? I'm blanking. I don't know what I was going to say, but I know this, that the microbiome, I will tell you, I've been a vegetarian for 25 years. Now, I don't think you need to be a vegetarian, but I do think being plant-based uh, does help. I, I'm a big believer in plant-based, whole, natural foods. And I think the more you make your diet that, I think the better. And without knowing all this exact science, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a dietitian, but without knowing the exact science of all that, I can tell you for 25 years, eating natural foods, whole foods, unprocessed foods as much as possible. I still eat the normal shit too sometimes, but primarily I'm eating just natural whole foods consistently. And I have found that when you do that, all the science ends up supporting that. I don't think we're ever gonna live in a time where they're like, ah, you know, it doesn't really matter whether it's processed or not. We're always coming out with things that the more processed food you eat, they, you know, we're, we're guinea pigs for them. You know what I mean? Like, like 30, 40 years of, of tracking what these things they put in these foods are, how they're affecting our bodies. And they're kind of seemingly coming out with more and more research that things that they use in processed foods lead to weight issues beyond just calories. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not just a calorie game. Um, different foods, you know, kind of contribute to holding on to that weight, you know, just, just all sorts of things that kind of cause you to hang on to the weight more. And there's a, there's a lot more impacts than that, but, but uh, anyways, um, do you think yogurt helps with the microbiome? Here's my thing on that, right? There's prebiotics and probiotics. I think here's what I would suggest that I think, uh, the way I think of the microbiome, I don't want any shortcuts. Now, now yogurt is probably fine, but I'm talking about like having a, a diet high in, fruits, vegetables, natural grains, um, beans, 
nuts. You know what I mean? Like all the natural stuff. Um, I, I don't think yogurt hurts it at all, but, but I wouldn't, I think sometimes with the yogurt, right. It's like, we think, Oh, it's almost like a, a, almost like a supplement, you know? And I think that it helps to think in a bigger picture. You know, if you think about put the water in fruits, vegetables, greens, beans, nuts, yogurt, fine. I think all those things are going to give you not even just the microbiome. See, that's where it's interesting. Cause I don't know where the microbiome science is going to land with it all, but even if they if ah, you know what? The microbiome doesn't really matter when it comes to weight. Well, who gives a shit? <laughs> the last year, five years, 20 years, you've been putting all that stuff in your body. That stuff's going to support you with your weight loss. Because listen, there's a lot. I was just thinking about this today. And I wish, I wish there was just clear cut science on this. Because what we know with weight is that what we know so far with weight guaranteed, it's, it's the calorie averages, right? So you reduce average calorie amounts, you're going to lose weight over time. Um, but there's other factors going on. And not only just that, but your moods, how your body's operating is going to impact the food you choose. So to me, it's like the more healthiest diet you can put in your body, there's a bunch of factors that are being helped with that beyond just calories, you know, how your body operates, micronutrient needs. That's one of those ones, right? Micronutrients, I, you know, if you don't eat enough calories, your body sends you a hunger signal, right? Well, if you don't eat enough micronutrients, doesn't it make sense that your body would send you a hunger signal? Because your body says, well, if, if I send a hunger signal, that, that'll signal it because it still thinks you're in the natural world. This is why sometimes if you haven't, if you're thirsty, you can misinterpret thirst for hunger because we evolved in, a, in an environment where we ate a lot of our hydration, you know, and so your, your brain isn't caught up with that. So sometimes when we need micronutrients or we need water, or we need calories, our body sends us a hunger signal. And I think there's a lot of people out there. I always call it the endless hunger. If you're, if you're always hungry, I think a big part of that is that you may not be eating enough natural foods that are satisfying your micronutrient needs. They're not filling you up with fiber. They're not hydrating you enough. And, um, you know, th that could be a big part of it. Cause as I've shifted my diet to more natural, everything is just, it's, it's, managing my weight has become easier and easier and easier. And it's always that is one of the core parts of it. You know, lifestyle is a huge part to it as well. Get enough sleep, hydration, relaxation, moving your body more, um, quieting your mind down. These things are really helpful too. Um, but, but so is the, the food you put in your body. Um, Don says, I haven't had meat in a long time and do not miss it. Seafood and eggs are still in moderation. Yeah, that's what I am. I'm a pescatarian. I'm the same way. I don't eat land animals, but I eat the other stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, but, but again, so, so the cleaner you make your eating, I just think the easier it is, you know. But this is exciting, so I'm, I'm really glad. 33 million K, so did I just see you write your name? Did you say it was Karen? So welcome to the program, Karen. That's, I'm really excited because, yeah, Karen here, yeah. So that's, that's exciting. I'm glad for you to listen to that because I think you're going to love it. Um, that, that's really great. So, yeah, anyone, you, you know, by the way, if you're here and you're not in the program or even in my world, um, the first step I'd suggest is go... Go to click the link in my bio on TikTok or go to programyourselfthen.com and get that hypnosis session. I'm giving you a hypnosis session for free. It's the new Thin Me. It's a kickstart session. Help you clarify and connect to your goal weight. It creates motivation without needing willpower. Go test it out. It's free. Okay. And then after that, I give you a training 
right after you sign up, it takes you a couple minutes to send it to you, but I'll give you a training, three steps to master your weight. That's the one I want you to watch. That'll give you a new paradigm of, of how to approach this. It's probably different than what you're doing now. It's all free. And I just got a bunch of free stuff I give you, you know? Yes, I got a program too. <laughs> you should get those. Yeah, Lula Girl gets it. Yeah, the daily emails, they're so good. That used to be a program that I used to charge for. Now I just give it away. So I'm always giving a lot of stuff away. You know, that's my mission is to help you live at your goal weight. Yes, I got program and, um, and coaching as well. Uh, but I, I help you out for free too, you know, if the money's not working. And again, even the programs, there, there's a range of prices there. So um, I'm, I, I understand financial realities, you know, but if you're struggling to lose weight, and you've been trying all these diets, it, it's probably time to try a different approach, you know? And so go check out my stuff anyways. The initial stuff's all free. You can just kind of see if it resonates with you and I can almost guarantee you'll get some value out of it because it's just a different angle on this, you know? That's the biggest problem with weight loss in this culture is the same fucking angle. Everything is just, you know, it's just about what you're eating or how you're working out. But everyone's always just telling you what to do. The, the core problem you have with your weight is that you know what you should do. You struggle to get yourself to do it consistently, and it's because you never have learned how to deal with your mindset. You've never learned to deal with these things. And so it's always going to be a struggle, you know, until you learn that. And once you know it, it's a lot easier. Um, is it okay if I'm not going to eat anything for a week if I'm 56 kilograms and I'm 17? Um, I can't speak to that. I, I don't know, you know. I don't know what the reasoning is. I will say one thing is I never think it's a good idea to just like short-term weight loss things like water fasting or you know, just strict fast is for a week to lose weight. If that's the primary goal, simply because what happens the week after, you know, when you start eating, your weight goes up and how does that feel? You know, I, I just feel like you're just running in place doing that. You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I won't commit to anything unless I'm going to do it long-term, you know, weight loss wise. And that's probably one of the best decisions I ever made, you know, um, Oh, yeah, yeah, Karen. Yeah, the, the yoga too. That's what I mean. Yeah, my program is the most comprehensive program out there because I'm a yoga instructor as well. So, yeah, there's even a yoga program that I include with the program just as a bonus, you know, um, because it's a, it's a holistic approach, you know, and that, that's the key thing. It's a holistic approach to mastering your weight. And I think that's really the secret. You know, once you hear, so my pro, just for example, just to give you a, the comprehensive nature of this approach compared to what you're probably doing. Right. Because what you're probably doing is you're just, you're just hoping some new plan shows up that you can try. But really, what's the plan going to say? You know what I mean? It's going to be some micro macronutrient, just weird thing um, that you're going to try out. And um, but it's going to be the same you and the same process. You trying to force yourself to do it, you know. And so program yourself in this inside out approach to mastering your weight by changing how you think about yourself first. And then kind of working out from there and figuring out a lifestyle and an eating strategy that resonates with you, that works for you, that you like and is easy for you. And then following that and tweaking and optimizing that for life. You know, and, and so, again, it, it's a very unique program in that sense, because even mindset wise, as Karen was saying, there's hypnosis sessions in the morning and at night. It's a five minute hypnosis session in the morning. And again, it's delivered through your phone, you know, so it's like. You know, when you start a diet, one of the hardest parts you have is to remember you're on a diet. <laughs> oh, shit, I can't eat that. You know, and so it's like this here, I know you're going to leave your phone in the morning. And as soon as you do, there's a message for me. You click on it. There's your hypnosis session, your five-minute session. Each day for eight weeks, it's a different session. And so you're starting, you're relaxed, you're calm, and you're hearing a weight loss mantra. So you're developing a, a, a thin and healthy mindset throughout the program. Then at night, there's a sleep-gnosis session. That's a 10-minute session. 
And that one has a core weight loss mantra. So each week for the eight weeks, you get a different one. So there's eight total with a core weight loss mantra. And you listen to that one every night for that week. And that helps to really reinforce that one, right? So that's just the reinforcement piece. Then there's a workbook where you fill out your weight mastery blueprints, your mindset, lifestyle, and eating blueprint that resonate with you. And that's what you follow and use for the rest of your life. And it's like you tweak it and optimize it. It becomes fun, you know? You learn the program yourself. Then technique, which is a self-hypnosis technique you use at night. It takes a minute or two. And this is what you use to program your subconscious mind to make you the thin, healthy, successful person you want to be. You got no strategy to do that, right? You got willpower, right? And so it's like, you know, come on, man. It's uh, any more than that. And then if you sign up for the coaching, you, you coach with me. That's the craziest deal uh, of the century. And it's not going to be there for long, you know, as I start advertising. But you can literally work with me twice a week, you know, and, and uh, that's the most valuable part. Um, yeah, Marcy says yoga really changed my life. Yeah, yoga is just one of those things. It's, I always say yoga, like for 30 years, I've maintained the same weight. I went a little blip about 12 years ago. I have not exercised. I have not dieted. And I've stayed at the same weight because I've mastered what I'm eating. Now I have done yoga, but the yoga I do is so gentle. I don't burn any extra calories from it. It is helpful though, because it helps you relax, calm down, become more sensitive, connected and aware of your body. And that is a huge, huge strength and benefit and help when you want to lose weight and eat better. You know, so again, we, we can't just look at like, oh, how does, is yoga going to be calories? See, it's like with, with the, with the diet mentality, you're so transactional. You're like, well, I'll do it. Am I going to lose weight though from it? It's like, you have to start, you have to step back, relax, and you have to start thinking in a more holistic way. You know, how can you prevent the problems that are keeping you overweight? Well, what are the problems keeping you overweight that you're not recognizing? Or maybe you do, but you're just not paying attention enough to them. Maybe you're stressed out. Maybe emotionally you're, you're just, you're feeling lonely and sad. Maybe you don't, don't believe you can lose weight because you can't stick to a diet. You know, you've got all these inner beliefs that are dictating your weight. And once you resolve them and work through them, the whole process changes. But with diets, you never do that. With diets, you're going into the next diet, the same person you went into the last hundred. That, that's the problem. You got to change. You've got to change how you're thinking and feeling and behaving in order to live as a thin, healthy person. And you can't do it just through willpower, just forcing yourself to follow a new plan. Again, has it worked for you long-term? Estimate it works for about 5% of people are able to succeed on a diet long-term. And beyond, you know, beyond that, I, that's program yourself then is built around people that successfully lost weight and kept it off. That's what the whole program is built around. It's built around success. And what I found with all the people that successfully lost weight and kept it off is that they changed the way that they thought about food, about their health, about exercise, about themselves. And so that's what this program's built on, you know? Um, what you said about not trying anymore because of losing it before and gained it back at home. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, right? That, that's exactly, that's what, so what, what Karen's referring to here is that if you've been trying to lose weight for a long time, you know, you think like, oh, I started playing and I, I couldn't even stick, to, I couldn't even get results now, I, can, I can't get started anymore. You think that's the worst thing. But what's really the worst thing in your subconscious mind is the times when you have stuck to a plan and you've lost weight and then you put it all back on. Most people can only do that a couple times. That is one of the most destructive things that can happen to you because you create this association that even when I succeed losing weight, I'm going to fail. I'm still going to fail, but now I got all this extra, you know, 
effort and work and success on top of it. So I feel even worse. Let's avoid that. You know, so again, that, that, that losing weight and putting back on is so destructive. So how do you recover from that? Well, you cannot do another fucking diet. The diet's not the problem. The diet's not going to help you do it. You've got to transform yourself from the inside out. You've got to change how you're thinking. You've got to change how you're feeling. And the irony is it's the easiest, most enjoyable way to get the results you want. The dieting is always miserable. This is why you don't want to do it, you know, but you know, they always say about a human mind, it prefers a known hell to an unknown heaven. You know, I'll tell you, I got an email list and I email out to them and it's crazy because I just did a new program. This is what I'm saying. That's why, listen, folks, if you're not, if you're not on my email list, I'm going to give it to you. Okay. So if you don't want to hear someone bust your chops, then you might want to get out of here because I'm going to, because it makes me nuts. So I send this email to these people and I say, all you got to do, I just made a new program. It's a seven day email course to help you create a thin mindset. It's free. All you have to do is click on this link. The people open the email and read it. All they got to do is click their little finger over onto the link and press it. And I send them the first lesson. It's like 10% of the people click on it. You know, you're sitting here watching me. Have you gone and clicked the link and put your little information there so you get your free hypnosis session, the training I give you, the daily encouragement support I send you? It's like, you know what I mean? And I don't know why. I don't know why more people don't take action. You know, all I can, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think about this a lot. I don't know if people are just apathetic, if they're just like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just got a diet. This is bullshit. I just need another diet. I just, I know, I know it works. I just got to do my keto plan again. It hasn't worked 50 times, but this time it's going to work. I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm constantly thinking about things like that. But, um, you know, listen, folks, if, <laughs> take some fucking action today take some action to lose the weight and live as a thin healthy person you want to be even if it's just getting my free hypnosis session oh i've tried hypnosis it doesn't work we haven't tried mine <laughs> where can i listen to hypnosis yeah go to my bio go to if you're on tiktok go to my bio and just click that link it'll bring you right to the page you answer four questions and i send you the custom session within a few minutes and then while you're waiting i give you this training three steps to master your weight you know and you can go listen to it. And you listen to it over and over. You can also go to TikTok. I put a bunch of hypnosis sessions on there. Just scroll through them. You'll see them. It, it lists them right on the right on the thing there. Where it says, I need this. Yeah. Everyone needs to hear this stuff, right? You can listen to hypnosis for free on TikTok. Yes, several. Yeah, exactly. I would, But again, I would get. I definitely recommend the, the new Thin Me because it's like a full hypnosis session. It's about, it's about eight, 10 minutes or so. Um, but I like that session more that I spent a bit of time really working on that. So I like that session a lot, but just test it out. See if you listen to it today, see if you don't naturally and automatically automatically make better food choices tomorrow without relying on willpower, just test it out. You know, you got nothing to lose. <laughs> you know, when I finish this eight week program, will the daily hypnosis and sleep hypnosis session stay in my library? Yeah. Yeah. You got lifetime access to that. You know? Yeah. When you're in the program, you get lifetime access to all that. And not only that, but I, I, Upgrade and improve it all the time. And so you get a, you get a, a lifetime access to all that stuff. Um, I'm going to think about changing your goal weight to match what you want to put into it. <laughs> Mind blown. Right, Marcy? Isn't that like, that's one of those things too, right? Like it's, it's funny. I mean, cause I've been saying that for so long now, but it's like, um, it's like so obvious when you think about it, but it's like, you don't think about it on your own. You, you know, that, that's what I feel like. That's my specialty is saying shit. Like you don't be you know, you don't have to be the smartest person in the world to understand what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's kind of common sense stuff, but it's stuff that no one ever thinks to say. And the only reason I ever find this stuff out is because I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. You know, when you talk to enough people, 
you start to notice patterns and you start to realize there's a lot of like little subtle things that can change that give you tremendous benefit. And people are locked into, again, a diet or mindset. You're, if you're watching this and you're not like familiar with my stuff, I can almost guarantee you, you see the world as a dieter. You think and see everything as a dieter. And it, that is a, it's like an invisible prison, invisible mental prison that you can't even appreciate. You know, but anyways, what Marcy's referring to is that picking your goal weight, right? That's the first step everyone's got to do. How do you pick the right goal weight? Well, the BMI charts, that's a fine place to start. But ultimately, you've got to choose the weight that gives you the best quality of life because your weight doesn't live in a vacuum, right? There's whatever goal weight you pick, but then you've also got to look at the other side of it, which is how you're going to have to live and eat in order to achieve that weight. And what a lot of people are doing is they're walking around with a goal weight that they're not willing to live and eat at. They're picking a weight that's too low. They don't want to eat that way or live that way in order to achieve that weight. They want the weight if you can magically make it happen, but they're not willing to live that way, which is fine. But you got to recognize that because there's probably an incongruency there. And so, um, again, when you start approaching it that way, you know, listen, 12 years ago, life was really challenging for me in a good way. It was a lot of good stuff, but it was challenging. I was tired. It was exhausted. There was a lot of things going on. And what I did is I raised my goal weight. I didn't have the energy, the focus, or the motivation to keep it at that lower weight, you know? And so never talks about this, you know? You can't just look at that BMI chart and say, okay, that's what I'm gonna weigh. You've gotta take into account, maybe you won't, because what's your weight been? You know, it's like when people say, oh, I need to lose weight. The fuck you do? You do not need to lose weight. You don't need to lose weight. I don't care if you're, you're type two diabetic, you're about to have a heart attack, you still don't need to lose weight. People are in those situations all the time and they don't lose weight. Need to implies like you need to pay taxes, right? You need to go to work if you want to check. Uh, you need to breathe. You need to eat, right? Those are real needs. So don't confuse your language. You may want to lose weight. You know what I mean? Like, like that's a big thing. But again, to figure out which weight you want to live at, you got to recognize that it's going to take a certain lifestyle and it's going to take a way of eating. And if you're not willing to do that, why? What? Again, is that perfect? Well, no, that's the weight I should be. Well, what are we going to do? Live in fantasy world? Who gives a shit? If, why is that the weight you should be anyways? You know, your weight is one of the most personal things there is. You get to choose the weight you want to live at. You can choose the weight you want to live at. That's your choice. You know, but why are you choosing that weight? That's where it gets interesting. And so when you start to bring more context into that decision of why you want to weigh something, again, this is part of the motivation piece. You ain't motivated to lose weight. If you're not losing weight, it's because you're not motivated to. And part of the reason why is because you're picking a weight that's so low, you, you associate pain to it. It's, uh, not even pain. You're like, it sucks. It fucking sucks. I don't want to live it that way. I don't want to never eat carbs again. I don't want to never eat popcorn when I go to the movies again. That's what you're saying. And so you've got this weird ambivalence where party is like, no, we got to be this, we got to be this weight here. And party's like, fuck that. I don't want that. And there you can stay your whole life, your whole life, right? So you got to create some congruency. You got to want to weigh what you say you want to weigh. Because right now, I can almost guarantee you don't. You're almost, I can almost guarantee you're picking way too low. You don't like to hear this because you like to live in the fantasy uh, of that thing, which is you got to check that. A lot of people walking around living in their fantasy goal weight, you know, and if you raise it up, it might start to feel more manageable, but then you might say, oh, I don't, oh. Add 10 pounds to your goal weight, right? Watch the motivation disappear. That's just an implication. That's an implication that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the wrong goal weight. My kid is driving me nuts out there. I can't wait till this kid goes to school. <laughs> Any parents out there waiting for their kids to go back to school? Because I'm one of them. And especially right now. You know when your kid's laughing makes you annoyed that you... Can you shut up? <laughs> yeah, thanks. 
you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah, exactly right, Karen. It's so true. Oh man. Uh, Mary says try keto again for fiftieth time. That's me again, Mary. You're not, you know, you all know, you all know. My 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 intentions are pure. My my heart's in the right place. Um, I bust your chops a little bit because I try and point out the we get caught. You know, listen, we're all kind of people like, oh, I don't know, does hypnosis work? I mean, listen, you're already hypnotized. We're all hypnotic creatures. We're built to be hypnotic. We're built built to be on autopilot. You're not consciously, mindfully making choices all day long. Like you know, this just drives me nuts because this is why you know people feel so completely like discouraged and oh, I'm never gonna be able to lose the weight. And it's like, that drives me crazy because they're saying that without ever having learned anything about mindset. Like, don't you think mindset might have something to do with your weight loss? Do you think so? I just don't know. I don't know what people think because I'm just in this world so hard, but don't you think like how you think all the time in your head, what you think all the time in your head, how you feel because of those thoughts, how you behave, your habits, what your motivation is, how you think of this whole process. Don't you think it has anything to do with the results you're going to get? Or do you just think, oh, I just got to get myself to do it. What the fuck does that even mean? I have people say that all the time. I go nuts. Oh, I know what I got to do, Jim. I just got to get myself to do it. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> could you say anything that means less? What do you mean you got to get yourself to do it? You mean you just got to force yourself to do something you don't like doing? You got to be miserable? Like, what do you, what do you even mean by that? You know, by the way, you got to learn how to get yourself to do it anyways. You know? But anyways, what's up, Regan? Sorry, which one? I'm not sure what you said. I definitely drink more water since I started listening. Yeah, of course, Marcy, right? The more water you drink, I mean, the lifestyle stuff is the, the key. Again, like I can't say this enough. The, the weight mastery pyramid, mindset, lifestyle, eating. For me personally, right? Now you're talking to a guy who has been at the same weight for 30 years, one little blip. I would say I'm a master, a master eater, a master at mastering my weight. If you all of a sudden yank the lifestyle piece out, meaning all of a sudden I started getting four hours of sleep a night. All of a sudden I stopped drinking my water. I'm dehydrated. All of a sudden I never relax and I'm just tense and stressed, not breathing because all my breathing comes from here and up now when I'm tense. Um, I stopped nourishing my body. I stopped moving much, moving around, walking, exercising, doing stuff. Um, I stopped meditating. My mind just goes, whoop, 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 whoop. I stopped being grateful for shit. Uh, my whole eating would fall apart. And I would be, I would gain weight with it by the end of the month. And I would just keep on going up. So again, without the lifestyle piece, you know, I just don't know what chance you got. So great job drinking more water. That's one of them. Again, what are the, it's sleep in order of importance, in my opinion, sleep, water, being properly hydrated, relaxing, proper breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. That's why in the program, we go through that, the eight, the eight, habits of a healthy lifestyle you get these down i guarantee you're going to lose weight guaranteed because it's going to cause you to eat healthier naturally most of your shitty eating choices are happening because you're exhausted you're dehydrated and you're stressed out and you don't give a fuck what you eat you're in a state where i don't give a shit oh you, you know those doritos you know that oh you know that ben and jerry's ice cream's fattening what do you say if someone told you that when you're about to eat it you don't give a fuck <laughs> you're in a mood i don't care Right, you turn into a dragon, right? That's the problem, you know? And it's like, just, oh, no, I just need more willpower. Oh, yeah, wait, wait how? So you just, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like a boiling... Are you not, folks, when you go on a typical diet and you start that first week, are you not like a boiling tea kettle ready to explode? Do you ever think about why that is? It's because all the strategies 
primarily the food ones that you use to relax yourself and calm down and, and deal with shit, they're all gone away. And now all of a sudden you're dealing with all these emotions raw with no strategy to deal with them. And so, yeah, maybe you lose a pound or two that week, but you're ready to fucking kill everyone. That's not what you want. You know what I mean? That's not the goal. So again, right from the beginning, we want to manage how you feel. Manage your emotions, manage your energy levels. I mean, it just sounds so obvious when I say it out loud, right? But no one's approaching it this way. You know, again, my favorite thing in the world is when I have clients that tell me the way, the way you're approaching this is just practical. Yes, it is practical because I'm a practical guy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like if you look at every diet out there, it's this expert telling you what you should eat. I could tell you what I eat and put a whole diet around that and sell that. I would never do that because it would just be another diet that didn't work for you because you ain't me. You don't like the foods I eat. You don't like the lifestyle I, I live. You need to create a plan that works for you. You know, but you're so conditioned to think, oh, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. No, you've got to figure out what works for you, man. This is, you got to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. This is one of the most amazing journeys you can ever take in your entire life because mastering your weight is a way to master everything in your life. Would you not feel better in your life? Would every area of your life not improve? Relationships, your work, your studying, your ability to be the parent you want to be, whatever is important to you in your life, would you not be better at those things next month at this time if you got more sleep, if you drank more water, if you put more good food into you, if you relaxed more, if you moved some more, if you quieted your mind down a bit, if you lost five, 10 pounds and you did it in a way that felt sustainable and enjoyable? right? Because you start to become a better version of you. That's where program yourself is different. See, dieters approach weight loss like, well, if I lose the weight, then I'll be confident. If I lose the weight, then I'll be happy and successful and all the rest of it. And that is the, the, the original sin thought-wise. It, it's wrong. It's wrong because you can lose weight and be thin and still be miserable, stressed out, not confident, not feel attractive. Okay. This was, listen, the self-image, that, that's a book from Psycho Cybernetics. You don't know, Maxwell Maltz. He was a uh, plastic surgeon back in the 1950s. And so that surgery was more about deformities at that time. And what he found is that he would fix these big deformities in people. And some of these people still acted as if they had deformities. And it led him to realize the, the reality about self-image, that we all have this identity that we have. And I'm telling you right now that your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. If you're overweight and you've been struggling with your weight for a long time, you think of yourself as an overweight person. I know what it's like. I know what it's like. To, I thought of myself as an overweight person. That's, that's the people I knew. I grew up. I grew up thin. And I started putting the weight on. I was like, oh, here it comes. My mom told me a thousand times in my life when I was thin. I used to be thin too. I used to get liver shots. I was so thin. Look at me now. Look at me now. So I just assumed, oh yeah, okay. And the weight starts coming on. Okay, yeah, here we go. <laughs> that's what let's go. You know, so I'm telling you, like, like the diets never do that. You think oh, you can't lose enough weight to just automatically change how you think of yourself. This is why people lose weight and put it back on. How, what does, how do you explain it? How do you explain people losing 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds and putting it all back on? Right? Wasn't it amazing when you lost the weight? You did it. So we know it's not genetics. We know it's not a willpower thing. You can do it. So how, why didn't it last? Wasn't it absolutely incredible? Wasn't it amazing? Well, not necessarily. Weight and money are very similar. They're means to an end. And it's about the process you use to make it happen that's the most important piece. Oh, I starved myself to lose 20 pounds. Yeah, are you, are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Do you feel really good about yourself? No, because you know it's not sustainable. So you're filled with anxiety and stress. See? So I'm not talking about just weight loss. Ironically, you want to make the weight loss secondary. You want to start 
getting sleep, hydrating yourself, relaxing, calming down, nourishing your body, moving more, quieting your mind so you can just thrive in life. Wouldn't you like to thrive in life? Well, hey, good news. The things that cause you to thrive in life are the same things that cause you to lose weight and live at your goal weight. Wouldn't you rather approach it that way? Because you're just approaching it as weight. This is, listen, you think about weight loss in a fucked up way because you've been conditioned to think that way by all the diets. And as we just explained, the diets don't want you to lose weight. The diets are, are just, most of these diets are just there to sell you more bullshit. Why do you think, <laughs> I gotta say it again, Weight Watchers was owned by Hunch, Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle, the company owns Atkins Food Products, the same company owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. The company owns SlimFast, the same company owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. They own these because now they're, they're conditioning your mind with this bullshit diet mentality and it's keeping you stuck. How do you explain it? You're not a stupid person. So how can you try and lose weight for all this time and be no better at it? Listen, I, I play guitar for 30 years. I thought I sucked when I started. I thought I was bad for 20 years, um, but I still got better, <laughs> you know? I still got better. I'm not great, but I still got better because I consistently played for 30 years. Here you are with the weight loss thing, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years into it, and you know as little, you have no foundation under you. You have no sense of how to make this happen. I tell this to you not to make you feel bad, but to get you off the fucking diet. You've got to stop with the dieting thing. It's not an answer. It's never going to be the answer. Which isn't to say that you can't learn some things from the diets. I learned stuff from keto. and In fact, I look at all of them. What's the philosophy? What's the, okay, let me take the part that resonates. Let me discard the rest. Let me add it to my plan that I'm always tweaking and optimizing. You know? But, um... It's a completely different approach. And it's so important because if you just focus on losing the weight, the biggest challenge you're going to have is once you lose the weight and get to your goal weight, you're in a bit of a pickle because what happens for most people when they actually do lose weight is they train, they change the pleasure they get from the food to the pleasure they get from the scale going down. And then at some point the scale stops going down and now they got no pleasure. And why do you think people that lose the weight put it back on? What's your explanation for it? They're addicted to food? Well, what the fuck? They just lost the weight. What addiction? You know? I think it's because, A, they think of themselves as an overweight person. And I know you hate being overweight, but at the same time, you're comfortable and familiar with it. What would your life be like if tomorrow you woke up at your goal weight and you knew how to do it and you were healthy and happy and, and that's who you were? How would it be to go through your day with all the people in your lives being that version of you now? Right? It's going to change things. And you know that. And that fear and nervousness of how things are going to be different is part of why you're not doing it. It's a small part, but it's a part. And so anyways, what, what, what I think you really want to do is have this inside-out approach to change, where you start to feel confident now, where you start to feel attractive now, and then use all those good feelings to help you lose the weight. And then when you lose the weight, you can feel even more confident, more attractive. You know, but, but don't put it off to the side like the weight loss is this thing that fixes all the problems in your life. It's not. You know, and you know that on some level anyways. Um, RC, or your goal weight is what it was when you were 20 and now you're 50. Yeah, right? Uh, no more when 20. Oh, good for you, Karen. I'm very, I'm so happy to hear you say that. I can't tell you the number of people that go through life with a goal weight that they don't want to live at, you know? Because there's a reality here, you know? Any tips for getting back into weight loss after a break? Yeah, yeah, great question. Now, again, you know, here's what I want to point out. Notice with the diets, you never internalize the diets. The diet's always something you have to force yourself to do because you never think of it as your own thing. With Program Yourself, then we're always starting. Again, there's a mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, eating blueprint that you're always designing based on yourself. So you, you get real into it. And for a month or two, you go through and you fill it all out and then you get off track a little bit. Well, now, how do you get back on track? Well, now you're getting back on track with a plan that you created for yourself. So guess what? It's way easier. 
you know, and then you figure out, okay, what happened when I got off track? What can I learn from that? How can I make this new plan even better? I'm always tweaking and optimizing my eating plan, my lifestyle plan, my mindset plan. That's the fun of it, man. It's always improving and growing. It's just like guitar. If you play any musical instrument, you never master it. it, it there's always space to get better. And that's how it is with the weight. Because I think of, I think of the weight loss as personal development, you know, and so I'm always growing and evolving and changing and tweaking and optimizing. It's exciting because the weight stays the same. You can't, the weight loss at some point stops being motivating when it gets to that, that goal weight, whatever it is. You get up every day, oh, that's still the same weight. You're not going to feel the same excitement as when the weight's going down. You've got to prepare for that. And you know that. You either know that already subconsciously or you're going to learn it. Because if you lost weight and put it back on, isn't that true? Why didn't you stick with it? Well, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know because you, you stop paying attention to it. But I'm telling you, that's a big part of it is the excitement of the weight loss going down goes away. And now you can't eat the food either. And now you're just like, ugh, ugh. What now? Ugh, I still feel unattractive. Because that can happen, believe it or not. You know? I don't want to bum you guys out, but... I just put together a seven-day weight loss mindset challenge for you. You send me this email, doesn't work. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, well, shoot me a message, Astrid. I'll, I'll get you hooked up. I want you to get that. I'll send it to you. Just shoot me a message through TikTok um, or send me an email at jim at programyourselfthin.com. Um, yeah, just shoot me your email because there probably just some little technical glitch, but it's ready to go, so <laughs> I'll get it to you. Yeah, Mary says I need those eight things for sure. Yeah, those eight things make everything way easier, way easier. What's your opinion on fasting for multiple days? Well, I think if you're fasting to lose weight, you know, if you're fasting for multiple days to lose weight, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, because what happens when you're done fasting? You know, you know what I mean? Like if you don't eat anything for a week and you lose 10 pounds, like is that fast weight loss or is it no weight loss? Because what happens the next two, three weeks when you start eating? What, what happens to your weight? It goes up, right? So we have to look, again, the dieter mindset, it's a short-term time frame. And we're making decisions based on that very short time frame. So we got to think longer. we got to think past that. And so if you like fasting for spiritual reasons or something else, then I'm not speaking to that, okay? And I don't think that's what you're asking, obviously. But if you're asking, what, what do you think about fasting for multiple days? For what? For what? To lose weight for a day? To live in the goal, oh, man, I remember, and there was this August of 23, 2023. <laughs> I fasted for two weeks. I lost 10 pounds. Who gives a shit? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, that's how I feel. And I want you to internalize this because this is how I feel every time. Because this is what you see. This is the weight loss world. Oh, I lost 30 pounds doing keto. I did this doing Ozempic. I lost this much doing this. I don't give a fuck what people lost. I want to hear how long you've lost it for. I'm not impressed by rapid, dramatic weight loss. And you shouldn't be either. It's sending you down the wrong path. Who gives a shit? We all know how you can lose weight quickly. Who gives a shit? When you, the fact you keep looking at that way is one of the core reasons why you can't motivate yourself to get anything going to lose weight. You've got to start looking at the long term. If it's not, that's why I stopped fasting. I would fast, I did master cleanses. It really wasn't even a weight loss thing. But what I realized is I hated looking. I hated when it was coming towards. I was like, oh, I was dreading it. And then I did it. And I felt like shit. I was tired. Didn't feel good. I was thinking about food constantly. And then after I was done, I was obsessed with food for a while. You know? And so it's like, if I did that to lose weight, what's the point? You know what I mean? If you've got to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. 
So again, I, I'm not, I intermittent fast, so I, I like giving my body a break, but I'm framing it as a different, I like giving my body a break every night of not having to digest food. It feels really good. Does it help me lose weight? Yes. But there's more reason to it than just like, oh, can I just lose weight? You know, it's, I like doing it. It's sustainable for me, right? And so again, short-term fastness to lose weight. Again, I don't, what happens after it? You know, what are you doing after that? That's the question I want to have. Well, it kickstarts my weight loss. Does it? Does it kickstart your weight loss? Because I have had conversations with people at the end of their fast and they're filled with anxiety because they know the scale's about to go up. So that initial excitement of knowing the scale's going to go down if they don't eat is masking an anxiety and stress that they know the scale's going to go up as soon as they start eating again. So I would, I would quiet down and look at that within myself if I were you. And I would answer that question with your own uh, wisdom. What do you, what do, what, why do I want to eat all the time and always think about food? Um, without knowing your situation, you probably want to eat all the time. It's one of two reasons typically. The first one's physical, that you may be eating a lot of processed foods, right? If you eat a lot of processed foods, you're going to be hungry all the time because these processed foods are made in chemists by doctorate chemist lab people that are too smart. You know, I always joke just to bring it home with most a r- ridiculous example, like how they make ice cream, Ben and Jerry's ice cream now, you know, because you get the, oh, there's some hippies in their cabin out in Vermont experimenting with different recipes. No, no. They've got chemists in labs putting people into fMRI machines to scan their brains in real time. And they drip different solutions onto their tongue to see which ones light up their pleasure centers the most. That's why we're up against, you know. And so if you're eating processed food and you're hungry all the time and you can't figure out why, well, here you go. It's because you're eating processed foods that are designed to be, so you eat them all the time. I'm not going to all the details of how they do it. Salt, Sugar, Fat's a great book to give you some perspective on that. But you don't have a chance in hell if that's what you're going to eat. You're always going to be hungry. And how are you going to lose weight then? You know. So if you start eating more fiber, more whole foods, more natural foods, that's going to be a huge part of it. Okay. So that, that's the eating piece of it. The other side of it's your lifestyle, okay? If you're exhausted, if you're tired, your body knows the fastest way to get more energy is to eat, you know, sugar, refined carbs, get that spike, that spike crash. We're all addicted to that spike crash of the glucose, you know? And so, you know, it's what you're eating and it's how you're living your life. As you start getting more sleep, hydrate yourself, relax and calm down, nourish yourself, move more, quiet your mind practice gratitude, these things will reduce your appetite as well. You know? Um, Is it better to just not look at the scale because of that disappointment? Um, You know, Grok, I I mean, me personally, I always say, like, use a scale or don't use a scale. And if you're going to use a scale, I suggest weighing yourself every day. You know? I I think weighing yourself once a week is a recipe for disaster. What I learned from weighing myself every day when I was losing weight is my weight could fluctuate about 5 pounds in 24 hours. So if you're weighing yourself once a week... Well, what if you measure yourself when you're down three pounds and the next day you measure yourself, you're up three pounds the next week? Well, it looks like you put six pounds on. When in reality, if you measure yourself the next day, you might, they might have equilibrialized, um, I didn't lose any weight or I lost a pound or two. So the, the once a week thing to me is just a disaster. Um, weighing yourself every day, people say, oh my God, the scale, I got all this stuff around it. I get it. But you know, again, that's a part of the process is working through all that emotion you got attached to the scale. That's that, that inner work. Do you need to do any of that? I don't know. Um, but I think it's helpful. If you could look at your scale like it was the speedometer of your car, you're not scared to look at the speedometer of your car, right? You look at it, I'm going fast, too slow, I just adjust accordingly. The reason you're so freaked out about the scale is you feel, this just, it just, that scale, and if you're freaked out about it, 
to me, it just reveals a lot of the subconscious associations you have to your weight loss that I, I don't believe I can do it. Right. That's why the scale's so discouraging sometimes. Yeah. There's other reasons too. I'm not, I'm not trying to, it, it can be a little bit of disappointment, but if you're fasting, I wouldn't do it. Like if you're going to fast and then step on the scale every day and watch the scale go and you're so excited and then this fast ends, you know what I mean? And you go step on the scale and it's just devastating. You know, so, so I get it. Why would you want to sign up for that situation? You know, so that's what I think when people ask about fasting. Um, but, but generalize using the scale I'm a fan of. You're right, I've been smaller but unhappy, unattractive, wrong motivation mindset. Yeah, exactly, Mary. That's exactly it. People don't want to hear that because we want to believe this fantasy that if I lose the weight, everything's going to be perfect. There's, people do have the money too. And, and it's not real. And that bullshit story that you're telling yourself, your subconscious mind knows it's not real. And Because and, again, if it was, like if... if if like all of a sudden just losing the weight would all of a sudden like fix everything in your life, you would have way more motivation. Let me give you an example of motivation because I know you don't believe me. I know you think you're motivated as much as you could be, but you're not. So if you had to think about your motivation right now on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most, how motivated are you to lose weight? What number you got? All right. Think of that number. Okay. Now I'm going to prove that number is bullshit because I'm going to have you go through a thought experiment. It's not pleasant, but it just proves the point. It's just a thought experiment. It's not real. But I want you to imagine the person you love the most in your life was kidnapped. And the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight this month, you're never going to see that person again. Right? Now, in that scenario, what would your motivation be? Now, that's a 10. Right? But think about that level of 10, what that feels like. Because now imagine the kidnapper says, you know what? I'm also going to put your favorite foods around the house. Would you even care? Right? You would not give a shit. You'd be so focused on getting that person back and so congruent with your desire to want them back in your life that it would be very easy not to eat any of those foods. Now, I know it's a short-term time frame and it's just a thought experiment, but I just want to prove to the point, the most powerful thing you have at your disposal to lose the weight is motivation. And you have no clue. You have no clue how to motivate yourself. And program yourself in, that's the very first thing you do because it's the most important piece. In the mindset section, there's six categories. The very first one's motivation. And it's the motivation matrix. Level one is how to use pain and pleasure strategically. And level two is intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. It's the science of motivation. Did you even know there's a science of motivation? They've studied this with lots and lots of people. <laughs> Wouldn't it be helpful? So, you know, it's like once you know this stuff, it makes the whole thing easier. What's happening is you're trying to lose weight with a level three motivation. That's the first problem you got, you know? And so, yeah, again, you've been conditioned by the diets. Think about it. Even with weight loss, you think about weight loss really superficially. You think about it aesthetically. You think about weight loss primarily as how you're going to look different, right? But the reality is, I mean, especially if you're over 40 or 50, come on, man. <laughs> it's like, I know you want to look a certain way, but isn't it starting to dawn on you that as you start to get to 40, as you start to get to 50 years old, that uh, how you feel, the functional aspects of weight loss, your insulin resistance, your how light you are, your mobility, your strength, how your body's operating, what you're nourishing with yourself is going to dictate how long you're going to live and the quality of life during those years. Are you you not even thinking about it's not your fault. You're so conditioned to think about how I look. You're missing out on all the real motivation. And the real motivation is this is dictating how long you're going to live most likely and the quality of life during those years. And you're probably not taking that into account really. You kind of, you know it, you kind of know it, but basically when you think about weight loss, you think about how am I going to look? And to be honest, here we go. I'm just going to say, this is a weight loss guy telling you, hitting you with a real truth bomb here. How you look has a real little bit to do with your quality of life. You think it has everything to do with it, but it doesn't. 
You know, you think you're gonna lose the weight. Well, you're gonna walk into a place. Oh my God, look at you. You look, I mean, you get that for the first month and then people normalize to it and then you're just back to whatever. So you better have some more motivation as to how you look. Because for most of us, like, it's just not, I don't know. It's not, it's not that big of a quality of life difference. The quality of life difference for me than how I look. What, the, what do I give a shit? I'm married to the same woman for 30 years. You, you know what I mean? Like I, I, she loves me. You know what I mean? Like, well, if I'm this weight or this weight, there's that. I, you know, my, my kids, they don't give a shit. You know, all the people in my life that are really important to me, they don't give a shit what my weight is. You know, I care because I want to feel good. I want to have energy. I want to live as long as I can. I want to feel like I'm on the right path. I want to have energy to run my business. I want to be the best parent I can be. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best son and brother I can be. The best friend I can be. I want to coach kids in soccer. I want to volunteer down the street to do it. I want to, I have a lot of things I want to do. I want to be a version of myself. That's where my motivation's coming from. How I look? I'm at the same weight. <laughs> Looking worse every year. <laughs> and that's what I got. That's the path. I'm kind of joking, but I'm not. I mean, but who gives a shit? Who cares? Like, like I just don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just telling you though, it's the weakest form of motivation and you think it's the strongest. So you're living in an upside down world. The results prove that to you because you're not getting any of the results you want. And not only are you not getting the weight loss results you want, but you're fucking flummoxed. You, you think about weight loss 24 hours a day and you're not anywhere near getting the results you want. And you're not, you don't even feel like you're on a path to doing it because you're just, you're all or nothing. You know what I mean? Like, like you think about it all the time and then what happens again, you have to have that moment, you just pop out or you step on the scale, see the picture, you get really upset and then you start a plan for a little while, but you're not on a, consistent path of improvement that's what program yourself then is it's not an instant solution it's a it's a path laid out for you i'm walking this path the people in the program are walking this path but it's like you start the path and you know you're on it and every day you're getting a percent better and i'm telling you that that's the paradigm of success what in your life have you just started doing one day and you were great at it like you tell me you know, and it's like, why would you think weight loss is the only thing you do that with? You're just going to sit at the piano tomorrow. You never played before. You're just, just going to play great. I'll play 10 hours a day. No, you have to work up to it. Why is weight loss got to be different? You know, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be. Um, yeah, Astrid, thank you. I, I will get to that. I'll get that fixed for you. Um, I've done the master cleanse several times. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, right? It sucks. I, I don't like it. Now, some people might like it. Great. Good for you all. But, but I, I did not like it much. Lost 60 pounds three times, but didn't keep it off. All right. 33 million. Can't be, Karen, you're, you're on this now. And I know your name too. Now. I like saying 33 million Karen. Yeah. You're going to love this, Karen. Because again, it's here's the thing. And, and this isn't, <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm not really not trying to sell the program, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I'm not saying if you start my program, it's just like an instant path of success. I, I'm not promising that at all. But what I am promising, and this I hope is exciting to you, is that you get on the program and, you know, most people start and they, like they're doing really well because they're excited, motivated, whatever. And then all of a sudden there's a bad day. But here's the difference. You now have a strategy in place. You have a process you can use to look at that bad day, learn from it, and get right back on track. I, I can't tell you how important that is. You, it, it just proves the point. You have no context you have no context for how to improve with your weight. You've got this all or nothing kind of trap that you're in. You're either doing everything perfect for a little while or you're just not doing anything. And uh, <clears throat> I'm telling you that the big secret to getting the results you want is to get yourself on a path where every day you're interfacing with your weight, your health, your lifestyle in a positive way. Because the, the results you want to look for are not a month from now. They're one year from now. 
That's how you want to shift your orientation. That's how you get the amazing results that you're dreaming of. And it, it's not, there's not some magic diet where you just f- start following this plan perfectly and then you do it. It's a process of learning and growing and evolving and tweaking and optimizing. And I've never seen it not be that way. I've interviewed hundreds of people who have lost weight and kept it off. I did a program called the Elite Body where I talked to all the top nutritionists and fitness trainers on the planet. It's always this, you get on a path of mastery, of improvement, of growth. <laughs> With your weight loss, you're just trying to hit grand slams. Oh, let me just keto it until I lose the weight. And it's just this tense. And you think of it as a temporary thing. You got to stop doing that. You know? um, you're like the Tony Robbins of weight loss. Uh, thank you, Karen. I take that. I'm very happy to hear that. Tony Robbins is a huge, huge uh, mentor of mine. Huge, huge, huge. Big, big part of my life change was, was him. So I, that, that's a, it's a very, I, I love hearing that. When I hit the right weight for me, will my weight loss just plateau naturally? Um, yeah, I think so. But again, you have to understand. So, so see, this is, I'm glad you asked this because what is the, what's the right weight? I get people asking me all this all the time and I could never tell you what the right weight is. Your doctor can't tell you what the right weight is. You know, it's like you have to figure out. So for me personally, I'm at this weight that I'm at, but and this is how I raised my weight a couple, you know, 10 years ago, I raised my goal weight because to live and eat the way that I was living at my lower weight at that moment in time, things were real stressful. We just moved. We we're even doing the whole house. I just had a baby who was, didn't sleep well. I'm running a business. There's just a lot of stuff taking up a lot of my energy, emotions, all the rest of it. So it was harder for me to as clean and live as healthy of a lifestyle. And so I said, I don't need to be that way. I'm going to put 10 pounds on and live. It's easier. That, it's that simple. And so I think that you want to recognize, am I able to live here comfortably, easily? And what happens is, what's easy and comfortable? If you go tomorrow, you start your diet and you cut your calories down to 1,200, that's the opposite of easy and comfortable, you see? But let's just say you're starting off at 2,400 calories on average. That's what you consume. Well, if you start by cutting, you know, program yourself then, we always say, instead of just changing your whole meal plan all the way tomorrow, let's start focusing on your worst eating habit. Whatever your worst eating habit is, probably eating at night, eating overeating at dinner, snacking in the afternoon, something like that. And then you put all your energy into resolving that. Meanwhile, you can focus on making breakfast healthier. And that's enough for now. And then you, you kind of get good at that. Then you move on to the next thing, you know? And so while we're going about it that way, you know, I get to a point now, could I lose more weight? I could. I mean, first of all, I guess I'm at a point where I don't want to lose any more weight. Um, but uh, I would always best, you know, is that comfortable for me? I'm not going to starve myself. I'm not going to be miserable. I'm not going to stress myself out about some arbitrary number I pick. I'm picking a number that resonates with me, you know, where I kind of end up um, living a life that I enjoy living, eating foods that I enjoy eating, you know? So, so yeah, I do believe that weight loss just plateaus naturally. And I think that that goes both ways. You know, at some point where you're like, ah, I'm kind of comfortable. I enjoy living this way. And your weight's gone down 20 pounds, but you thought you wanted to go another 15 pounds down. Well, if it's going to take that much more stress to get there, what's the point of it? What what are you going to get out of that? And I think this is a better way to look at it. You know, again, it's not me telling you what you should weigh. It's me saying that the weight you're probably going to be happiest at is kind of the the general area you want to be in, but also taking into account the quality of life you have getting to that weight, right? Again, let's go keto wise. Let's just say you pick this goal weight. In order to be at this goal weight, you can never eat cake again at anyone's birthday party. You can never eat a piece of pizza again. You can never eat a piece of bread. You know, you never eat a French fry. You can never, never do any of these things. Okay, well, my weight's here, though. You're not going to give a shit. If those things are important to you, your quality of life's going to be low, and you're going to say, fuck it, I don't, what am I doing? That's what you're going to do. Because the weight just doesn't in itself make everything perfect. 
So you've got to take into account your quality of life. I hope that makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, Angela said five and ten. Yep, exactly. Hey, what's up, Vicky? Just got past midnight there. Go to bed. Oh my god, it's more about health than being able to walk and squat down. Yeah, exactly, Marcy. Right, exactly. You need to make you need to make your weight loss motivation more functional. That that's always. I have not met a person who is not that's underrepresented. Right, it's so focused on how you're going to look. That's where 95% of your weight loss motivation is based around for the average person. And again, your condition, think of every diet ad you see is the before and after picture, aesthetic, superficial, okay? You need to internalize the reasons you want to do this. For me, my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. So a big part of my pain motivation is I don't want to die at 54 of a heart attack. I know what that felt like as a kid and I know what that's like and I want to do everything in my power to avoid that. And so I don't give a shit what I look like. I mean, I do. That's, I, I like. I like being thinner. Great. Who gives a shit though? That's it's a small, small, small piece of it. The main part of it, pain-wise, is that I don't want to die at fifty-four of a heart attack. Is something I could avoid, if if possible. And then the pleasure side of it is that I, I imagine myself living another hundred years. I want to be active and mobile when I'm older. I want to have energy. I want to feel good about myself. I don't want to waste all that energy feeling like shit about myself. I don't want to take all that thought. Oh my God, how do I lose the weight? What do I want to lose this weight? I don't want to be in that reality. I want to be in the reality I'm living now where I'm in control. I'm powerful. I'm successful when it comes to my weight and who I am. That's where my motivation comes from. Way, way better. I want to look like a skinny 25-year-old. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, funny. You changed the way Karen and I think already. That's awesome, Marcy. Marcy, you in the program? Why don't you, you in there? And seeing you guys should do it together, right? You guys work together? Yes, Tony's awesome. I love Tony. Um, skinny my whole. I'm not sure what that means. So true. Oh, skinny my whole life. Stop smoking. Husband had a heart attack. I gained 60 pounds. Okay. Um, yeah, Annette. Okay. We were just talking about this. This is kind of what we started this whole call with was someone asked about stress eating, you know? Now, the advantage you have, Annette, is that you have a self-image that is familiar with being thin okay so you got a huge advantage all right and what's happening most likely is that the stress came in and you used food to deal with it i'm gonna guess you know and especially since you didn't have the smoking you know and so what it becomes is not to stop the emotional eating but to find better ways to relax yourself in a genuine way now i think that's what's going to kind of bring you in the direction you want to go in all right um versus <laughs> a gym better than cupcakes <laughs> that's awesome come on marcy get in there right you can do it there's a there's a version right just get in i'm gonna sign up after next week i'm on vacation with the keys okay yeah yeah wait till after vacation um but again there's there's a couple different options of the program everyone right if you want to get in there get in there um because the second you start listening to this uh it's it just changes things you know in, in a positive way all right all right why don't we get out of here uh thanks so much again if you have not got it yet make sure you go to my my tiktok bio click on that link go get your hypnosis session watch the training i give you three steps to master your weight i email you positive stuff every morning um you'll, you'll love it uh, i give you a bunch of good stuff all right and so uh go check that out uh podcast is program yourself then go go listen to that uh if you enjoy it don't be afraid to leave a positive review about that that helped me out um and uh yeah, YouTube's Jim Katsoulis, TikTok, always got new videos. Go check them out. Let your friends know. And uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. All right, everyone. Yeah, we'll see you later, Marcy. Enjoy your vacation. And uh, see you later, Mary. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Karen. Welcome to the program. See you later. Bye.